Welcome, everybody. Welcome to February. Oh, goody. Today, and let me just go up before I say what's going on today. Uh, we have our birthday month. We've, this is the sixth year that we've been on the air. I can't believe it. You guys. <laughs> I knew you'd have a sound. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anyway, um, it's sixth year as of February 14th. I can't believe our our birthday is February 14th on Valentine's Day, but that's just what we did. And so uh, that's coming up next week. We'll be on the 13th when we have on Tony White. But anyway, it's our and we're going to have sort of a special month this month. We're going to have Tony White next week, who's the animation guy. Then we have Ray Grassi on on uh, the 20th. And then on the 27th, we have on Michelangelo, who will be talking about Mozart. So it'll it'll be a fun month, let me tell you. Good people. So anyway, today on the show, we have on Mr. Matt Shea. Matt Shea is our favorite author who comes in from time to time to tell us what's going on. And he's going to talk about ghost stuff today, which will be kind of fun. So and there's a lot of ghost information, a lot of ghost activity going on in this state that, you know, he's going to talk about, especially, was the Ring of Fire? Not the Ring of Fire. The Triangle of Fire. That was close. Okay, the Ring of Fire is the thing around the, you know, for the volcanic thing. Okay. Anyway, so uh, you're going to be talking about that, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then also on our, we're going to have our Astro News of the Month, which is coming up. We've got a few items to talk about that are interesting. And then also for Astro Celebrity of the Week, we have on Christopher Plummer. Now, as most of you know, he passed away yesterday. He was 91, I think. And um, he was a very interesting man. And, you know, the interesting thing looking at his chart is a Sagittarius. And I'll get to that after the commercial. But there's one major thing I want to report about his chart, which kind of influences what, how I, I am bringing up the details of his life. So anyway, so t- stay tuned for that. And then we have all of our rest of our good things that are going on, too. But uh, today is going to be kind of a fun day. It's the first time of the it's first day of the month. So we've got a lot of new stuff happening. So stay tuned with us. OK. And after this message, we're going to do the Astro News of the Month. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. I do love that. I do love that. That is so cool. Okay. So it's Astro Celebrity, Astro News of the Month. Excuse me. We've got a couple of things going on here. So February 11th, we have a new moon in 23 of Aquarius. Okay, that's right next to my Venus, so that'll be interesting. A new moon is always when the sun and the moon get together in the sky. They're in the same degree in the same sign, and it actually signals and heralds new beginnings, things that need to be started this time around. And, you know, at the full moon, we have when things that are coming to full fruition, when the sun is in opposite the moon. So... It's going to be interesting. Uh, New moons are always interesting because there's always new things that are triggered in the news. 
as well as new things that are being happening all over the world. And because, oh my God, you know what this means? Oh, 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 I should have wrote this down, but I didn't. That's going to mean there's going to be six planets in Aquarius. <laughs> so, I mean, that's sort of like almost the whole Megillah, kids. This is like the freight train that comes in with all barreling down with all these planets. It's when you get the sun and the moon and all the rest of the planets in Aquarius, then stuff really does happen. And Aquarius is the sign of the rebel and and new things that are going to happen and things like, well, you know, standing up for your rights, equality, all that kind of thing. So it, it will be a an issue that's very much present this week and or this this time period. And of course, in how many days? Six, four days. Four days will be the new moon, and um, that will. I think you'll expect to see some new breakouts. And I think um, our president is pretty good at doing that. So pretty cool. Okay, now, on February 20th, this is good. Everybody will be happy. You can all cheer, and I'll get um, Nathan to do a cheer here thing. Uh, Mercury is going direct on February 20th. <laughs> no, not I'm waiting for a cheer. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to be clapping hands over that one. Thank you very much, sir. Anyway, um... That that's after three weeks, the Mercury retrograde is going to be over. And this has been, if you haven't already noticed it, if you've had things go wrong, and it is harder getting things done. I mean, just doing a regular thing like going out to the store and coming home, that's difficult. You know, things just kind of get in the way when you're doing that. And so um, it's, it's, it's not as traumatic as some of the other ones I've seen come by, but... This one will be over on the 20th, and we'll all be very glad when it is. Okay. Now, February 27th is the full moon in Pisces. You know, the sun will have gone into Pisces by then. That's my birthday sign. I'm very excited. And so um, that's on February 27th. It'll be 8 degrees of Pisces. So anybody who has got something in your chart around 8 degrees, that means about eight, 8 days into the sun sign of Pisces, that will be affecting you a little bit, so you just kind of watch out because the full moon is the sun and the moon are in opposite points of the sky. There'll be sun in Pisces, moon in Virgo, so there's a flip-flop opposite point of view that's taking place. So you have the polar point from your Pisces over to your Virgo, and so one is about least amount of details, and Virgo is all the details. So it, it will be kind of interesting to see how that happens. So. I was born on a full moon with, in Pisces, so I kind of can relate to this. But it's not that close to my sun degree. I have a 21-degree sun and moon. So anyway, um, yeah, it, it'll be um, it, sun. The, the new and full moons are always interesting and times for new changes to do. So uh, it's just kind of keep aware of, of what's happening. And, you know, it's the things that also that the ancients used to plant their plants you know, on the phases of the moon, which is a pretty cool idea, and it works. So, okay, and last, we have Venus going into the sign of Pisces on February 28th. That's in its exalted sign. It loves, it loves to be in love with something. doesn't matter what it is, but it's, it's very sweet. and It'll be there for a few weeks, so we'll all be thinking about romance. And so not just, you know, romance that is just kind of every day. It'll be uh, high-in-the-sky high romance. So that's how it's going to be. Okay, so now let's do the Astro Celebrity of the Week. 
Okay, so we have Mr. Christopher Plummer on today, and as I said, he passed away yesterday, and um, it was, um, I thought, well, it would be a good idea, because, you know, let me just put out from a personal point of view. There is a scene in Sound of Music that he and Julie Andrews do that is so cool. I watch it just for that one scene. I don't care about the rest of the movie, but that scene is so heart-touching and so romantic, the way they do it. It's a Venus and Pisces type thing, okay? So anyway, um, I just loved him in that movie, and I, I was very sad when I found out that he had passed away. Unfortunately, some, he hit his head, and he died afterwards. You know, and I that's the, what I hear. That's the gist. He was 91 years old. And, and when I took a look at his chart, his birth date is December 13, 1929. And we don't know the time, but he was born in Toronto, Ontario, which is interesting. A lot of people think he's British, but he was from Ontario. But um, I looked at his chart, and I looked at his stationary situation to see if he had anything stationary in his chart. And he had the planet Uranus stationary, and I thought that was interesting because I started to look up his history about him to see what about his life was Uranian. Okay, so one thing I found right at the start, when he was born, a few months after he was born, his, his parents split up. Okay, whoa, bam, okay, mark that point. That is a sudden directional change in the child's life. That's typical Uranus. It's just the way it just kind of goes. So anyway, um, he had that. And um, it, you know, I wrote here that it, it was, um, he basically had a patrician upbringing, meaning he was very straight-laced. And, you know, he had, you know, tennis at the club. You know, he was from kind of a wealthy family and all that kind of stuff. And he rode around on horses. And, but he was also a rebel against that. He didn't like that kind of stuff. He didn't like to do typical societal things he'd like to go against that grain and that's also uranus it's very strongly uranian and the thing about it is when i was looking at his data i figured well it's all going to show up in his movies right because he had a really amazingly varied movie career well he had his movie roles run all over the map you know all the way from somebody in the dungeon and down on the street, up to royalty. So there was, or he had, he was doing war films and playing um, officers and stuff like that. So his very, he had a very uh, amount of, of uh, type of roles that were just all over the place. And so, um, and even like jazz, which is interesting because you'd never think somebody like that would like jazz. But he mentioned a couple of people call. Um, Maynard Ferguson and somebody else, and I love Maynard Ferguson, who is really kind of a wacky kind of guy. But he, uh, but again, that was music that seemingly was left of center. It was stuff that wasn't in the mainstream of society. It was a little bit on the fringes of society. So I mean, he liked that. So um, and as like I said, his roles span 360 degrees. A totally unique repertoire of singular roles, all very different from each other. And, and so um, I, I was attributing those to his Uranus stationary. Now, I've talked enough about stationary planets here, but let me just tell you that stationary Uranus, it means this is a focal point in the chart, like a, it's a, a magnetic point that draws attention to it a lot. So there's no way that he could get away from it or something that he was learning extra things about. I always say that when you come in with a stationary plant, you've got a lot of lessons to learn, more lessons than normal, because probably because you have a redo, you know, and to probably to assume and then to absorb 
the qualities of that particular planet. It's a really important planet. It rises to the top of the bowl in importance. So, okay, so here's some other things. Okay, he wanted to be a pianist, okay, but he didn't do it because he said acting came far easier, which I found kind of interesting because acting is definitely not easier to some of us, but it was for him. So um, he did low-budget films as well as high-class performances, a real range of, of types of roles, and he didn't care about being liked. That's another Uranus thing. You know, so he really didn't care about his status on the planet, but he was just, you know, kind of, you know, kind of interesting, you know, and did those those things that that really moved him to do. Okay, so I've got some other stuff here. Okay, he's one. He's the only Canadian who won the Triple Crown of of awards, which is the Oscar and the Emmy, and I think probably the Golden Globe. But he won far more than that. He Oscar, Emmy, Golden Globe. Uh, the BAFTA Award, he won all of those, you know, and he was just amazing. And he was the oldest person to win an Oscar. He won the Best Actor, Actor Oscar when he was 82. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So, okay, and he's been historical figure. He's been three times married. He was in, in his profession for seven decades. That's a long time. So, and his childhood, yes, again, I said he lost his dad, from a parental separation a few months into his life. And so that had to make a huge difference in his psychological development, not really having a, a, a father parent. He didn't see his father again until he was 17 years old. You know, and I just, uh, it was really kind of amazing to me. And so instead of saying, well, his whole life was about Uranus because he just did wild and crazy stuff and he was a rebel, he, basically everything he did uh, had that energy applied to it. Maybe a little bit more mild form, but he did it anyway. So I think he was a wonderful actor, and I just want to pay tribute to him today and say, you know, um, this is good stuff. What are you guys doing? <laughs> anyway, so anyway. I'm just waiting for him because we got to take a break right now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a break right now. And after this, when we come back, we're going to bring on Mr. Matt Shea. This is Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Natasha Venter at angelicclarifications.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 7th, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our animal friends Sunday. We'll check on Meow Cat Rescue, Help Animals India, and hoping Laura Cook from Seattle Dogs Homeless Program can join us again. We'll chat with Ananda Institute of Living Yoga on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now it's time to bring on our guest, Mr. Matt Shea. How are you? Eileen, congratulations. Six years. I know. I just, where did it all go? Yeah. I absolutely enjoyed every time I've been in the studio. It's been with so many, including our friend Doug Johnston mm -hmm. and the people who call in. You've certainly had a lot of them recently. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, and I forgot to say at the top of the show, but we're going to take calls in today, okay? We're going to have calls. And I forgot to open the phone line. That's one thing I have to get used to doing. So, Nathan, next time I, you know, don't do this, wave at me, okay? 
<laughs> okay, so let me give you out the phone numbers right now. It's 425-373-5527 and toll-free in Western Washington at 888-298-5569. Okay, and if you got a question or you just want to say something, because Matt is going to be talking a lot about ghosts this time, and um, he's going to talk about the, the what a fire again. It's called a triangle fire, but it's not satanic. It's a military term. These are three forts facing each other to protect an inlet, a body of water. All right. Okay. Okay. You know, that reminds me of something. That reminds me of the way they built Washington, D.C. With all the the circles and and then also the Pentagon and this and having a formula of different geometric (laughs) figures. You know, as as part of the symbology of that particular city, and I know that the Masons were in great. They basically kind of created that. I don't know that much about it, but I think that's fascinating. Their emblem and design can be seen from aerial shots. Yeah. So much of the roads and other things have that yeah. emblem, that crest to it. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about the Triangle of Fire. Let's talk about which forts are involved with that. Well, Washington State, we are famous for our camping, our ocean, our peninsulas. It's just a fun three-ring circus. Mm -hmm. And we have, which was built in 1897, from 1897 to 1953, we had three World War I era forts that were facing one another just in case of invasion. And so because the cannons were faced towards the channel, the body of water, it's don't even think about it. And we've never had an attack because it was well known that there they okay. are. And this went on to be a training facility for World War I and World War II, but greatly fortified. Today, those three forts, which are Fort Warden, Fort Flagger, and Fort Casey are state parks along with other three lesser known, which is Fort Ward, Fort Middleton, and Fort Whitman. Okay. But, and so it's really laid out, but it's it's for the family. Did they do this on purpose, to build these three? Yes, they did, because when they looked at how vulnerable we were for attack, they calculated military point of view, how they think what should be fortified the most. And so they did that in that area. Okay. And so we were always protected. It was quite a statement to see those three forts, and you just don't dare going down. It's a different kind of rock and Gibraltar thing. But today, they all have magnificent campsites. You Mm -hmm. can camp there year-round. Some of them, I take it back, all of them have former officer quarters that you could run out as your cabin. Okay. And then they have the forts that have had guns go to the Europe Theater, World War II, mm-hmm. and also guns that were cannons and so forth that were brought in from other battlefields. Okay. For example, Fort Casey actually has cannons from the Civil War that have bullet marks. Okay. They were in the heat of the battle. So a lot of historical stuff there, and you could picnic there. Just a day would not be enough time to look at Oh, I know. Them. I've been by uh, when I was over at... Um, <clears throat> Port Townsend, been by, I think it's close by Port Townsend and Fort Warden. And um, it's it's really a big fort. It's really big. They filmed Officer and a Gentleman there. Oh, yeah. 
I remember that. that was, everybody wanted to know where that was when that movie came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. That's why I love watching that movie. That's such a cool thing. One of the things that I'm intrigued about are lighthouses. I used to live next to one in West Seattle many years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, Fort Casey has the famous Admiralty Head Lighthouse constructed in 1861. Mm-hmm. Fort Warden has the famous Point Wilson Lighthouse built in 1897, and Fort Flagger has the Morrow the Morrow Stone Point Lighthouse built in 1888, mm-hmm. and they all have to work within each other so that you could count how many times the light flickers, so you know exactly oh. where you're charted in. Okay. They they all work in unison together, but you could tour these lighthouses, and of course. What's a lighthouse without some good haunted stories? They all have them, and it's you be the judge, but there certainly is a lot of write-up about it, yeah. especially the Fort Casey Admiralty Head. Wow. They claim they lost a child there years ago, unfortunately. They claim they see a senior woman upstairs from the turn of the century, supposedly. They all mm-hmm. have these stories, but again, you be the judge. Okay. Throughout these forts, the bunkers and so forth. There are people that talk about shadows, voices, on and on and on. But regardless, you could have a campfire there. You could be running a cabin that the officers used to stay in over 100 years ago. It's just a lot of fun regardless. Yes, I remember um, our friends uh, Sharon and Skip uh, took a ghost hunt over to Fort Warden. And evidently, it's one of the most haunted places in the whole state to go to. And um, they had some... <laughs> I've never wanted to do that, personally. No offense. But he says, you want to go along? I said, I, I don't know. I, I've encountered ghosts a couple times before. But it's something that, you know... I Being in creepy buildings bothers me, okay? All right, so I'll just admit it. But... Anyway, um, she said it was a really astounding visit, and they recorded a lot of sounds of of people talking from the other side. They've written a book lately that has recordings on Uh it that come with the book, and they gave me an autographed copy. Fascinating book. Right, yeah. Well, Skip, among other things, he's retired military, and he was quite an electrician. And so at Fort Warden, he was in charge of that, and he said it didn't make any sense what would turn on without other things turning on and off, and apparently disconnected phone, telephone lines working. Mm -hmm. Explain that. And he went to the emergency room because something, some type of heavy weight crushed his foot. Yeah. And when they took x-rays, it was an outline of a combat boot from the late 1800s, early 1900s, a perfect imprint that broke a bone in his foot. That's really something. How do you explain that? I can't. I certainly can't do that. You know, and so this was Kip that got his, got this imprint of this foot. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. When I was at Fort Casey and I was doing a show on Coopville, Washington and Woodby Island, I would just walk up to people and ask questions. And one guy said, hey, are you interested in places that claim to be haunted? And I go, well, that could be on my list. Here come the locals. Go here, go here, go there. Right. Go to that gun turret. 
they all had one story after another with conviction. So wow. this isn't a cult thing. Mm-mm. It is something that people are talking about more and more because we're all doing the, hey, did you see that? Or, yeah. oh, my gosh, did you hear about that? Yeah. You, you can't help but talk about it and look a little closer. That's right. Exactly. I remember uh, I used to do psychological or psychic fairs down at the Cooney Mansion down in uh, Cosmopolis, which was a cool place. It was the time it was a bed and breakfast. It's not anymore, but it was a beautiful house. And um, when the psychics came into that building, and this was something, I know I've told you the story before, but I think I'll just tell for the benefit of for our audience. When we came into that building, it was like the whole atmosphere continuum got excited. And he says, they're all excited. Why are they excited? He says, because they got people they can talk to, they can hear them, you know. And um, I remember having a couple of contacts with a couple of, of their spirits there. One of them was was looking at my hair roots because I colored my hair at that time. <laughs> he was confused about that. I said, that's what I could figure out anyway. It seemed kind of weird. But I remember sitting in front of the proprietor there, and she was looking at me, and her eyes got bigger and bigger. She says, your hair is going up and down. That's weird. And I says, yes, I'm feeling that. You know, and I says, it's somebody that's investigating my roots, I think. You know, it didn't bother me at all, but it was interesting because that particular house was very haunted. And um, there were parts in that building that were just, well, one part in the basement that evidently their murder had taken place there years and years ago. So, and I remember going down there to take a shower and I had to get in and get out of there so quick because it was so spooky. Yes, when I pick up on something's going that direction, I'm like you, I get out of there. Mm. I'm curious about the history because these forts, they have artillery that have been in other battles that have made history. Right. So right there, I'm seeing something yeah. that the stories attached will tell me more. They're so yeah, interesting. Exactly. Yeah. And I think depending on, you know, um, the astrology of the individual person, somebody like myself who is pretty psychic because I'm a Pisces, um, I always kind of pay attention to when I walk into a room what I'm feeling. You know, and um, it, it, things happen in a room. If something happens in a room before I go in there, I usually feel it whatever it is. So um, that particular house, I had to kind of block that out for a while so I could get the job done that I was doing there. But um, it was it was really something, you know. And it was kind of in an area with a lot of trees surrounding it and a beautiful area. But um, that house was just really haunted. And there's well, other areas, It too. was the logging, here come the brides era. Yes, it was. The logging was. era of yeah. the 1800s. Yeah, it was. Because you're near Aberdeen, <clears throat> and Aberdeen is a, one quite a logging capital. Yeah. And they have their mansions on either side of it. It's kind of yeah. like a valley with the, exactly. with the yeah, waterway exactly. down there. Yeah, so Cooney, Mr. Cooney, <clears throat> was uh, a logging magnate. You know, and he, he ran a mill, and he was uh, he had a lot of money, and he built a big house, about a 10,000-square-foot house on the top of the hill overlooking Cosmopolis. So he was sort of the scion of the age down there, you know, kind of. And it was neat because a lot of people came to our shows, oh, not so much to get readings, but they wanted to see the inside of the house. And they kind of always, you know, were wondering what it was like because it is beautiful. And so, um, yeah, it was just a really awesome time. We did several um, events down there. It was fabulous. Now, Hoquim is a neighboring town, 
and they have their stories there as well. They have which is known as the Hoquiam Castle, which is a huge, beautiful mansion, red. Okay. And it's the same thing. You could take tours, the fireplace. Yeah. They used to be the logging kings. And right. the funny thing about it is that the mansion next door has a path leading to it. Okay. But you can't go to that one. Oh. And the reason why is there were two brothers who lived there side by side. Oh. Their wives had such an intense feud and hated one another that they couldn't cross that trail unless okay. one of them was gone. So it's just kind of funny. You can go it in one but not both. Yeah, yeah Hatfields is... and McCoys. Yeah, really. No kidding. Right <laughs> in the middle of Washington State. What is that? That's weird. Okay, we got to take a break really quick right now. When we get back, we're going to have more with Matt Shea and the ghosts and all that kind of good stuff. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW <laughs> Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions with, guess who, Matt Shea. Oh, boy. Okay, Matt Shea has started a new venture, the Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions, which will be a collection of Matt's writings in mini audiobook form. Our first book is out now, and it's only $5, and you can order at mattsheabooks.net. And we've been working on our second one. We still haven't got that quite done yet, but when do you think we're going to get that done, Matt? I think... In less than a month, okay. then it'll be out there. That is my guess. It's we're we're basically ninety percent done with okay, it. Okay, that's good. Okay, and and we're going to keep you informed as to when it's released, and you'll be able to get it there. So don't forget. Also, Matt has a really good book, the Meadowdale Community Project. It's a real winner, and it's out right now. So Matt would love to hear from you, and promises to answer any or all who contact him. You can write to him at his personal email address at. Workin' Matt 7, W O R K N M A T T 7 at AOL.com. And don't forget his website, www.mattshaybooks.net. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Martin Soa for the first time with his fascinating life story called The Other Side of Success, a tale of mastery and mystery. On Saturday, Catherine Alice returns with her annual visit to tell us unusual ways that couples have gotten together and how you can do that even in a pandemic. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And I want to remind our audience, if you would like to talk to us, let me give you the phone numbers, 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington at 888-298-5569. Okay, so we're talking about this triangle of fire, which is interesting because when you told me about it, I had this visual image of these three forts, like in a triangle. Okay. And I thought strategically that would have been a good idea, but it seemed quite metaphysical too at the same time. Cause well, tr- you know what I mean? I see what you're saying. You could say that there were, I total, do say it. there are, <laughs> <laughs> there are a total of six forts all together okay. in the general area. Three are out there quite a ways to serve as okay. buffer and contact. And then if you get in deep enough, you will pay a heavy price. There are these huge cannons, artillery, okay. Okay. and don't even think about making it down that channel. No. Now, I like to have families included. Mm-hmm. I like that 
children can go to these places. Mm-hmm. And it's not mean to intentionally force children to understand about right. the concept of goals. Let the parents handle that the way they want to. Right. But these forts, the camping, the field trips, the towns have fun restaurants, it's all there. Something that I am very interested in, it's called the Lighthouse Historical Society. They help preserve these lighthouses of last century. Some, including one of, I believe, the one at Fort Warden, are still in use. They still serve a purpose. But what they do is, for elder couples, I think that you have to be retired. They let you live there and be the light keeper who conducts tours there. Mm -hmm. And so you're part of the society and you're living on a lighthouse in the West Coast, the East Coast, and all the history behind it. And yes, there are those where after living there a few months, they have a few stories to share with Uh, you. I bet they do. Yeah. I mean, is there any part of Fort Warden that's more haunted than the other? I mean... Fort Warden... Fort Warden... In one way, it's the granddaddy, but we could say that about the other two. Fort Warden has a restaurant there. I think it is called the Blockade Ale House, and it is where their little jail cell for whoever got arrested. So when you enter this place, they still have the bars there. It's a real fashionable bar. It's fun, but it kept the theme of the era that it was initially serving. Mm -hmm. And so that is written up for being haunted. And I talked to the two at the bar, and they walked me at the main entrance, and they said, right here at nighttime, we see a shadow figure standing at attention or walking back and forth as Mm -hmm. if they're guarding the cells here. Right. And so there's write-up about it, and two employees are spelling it out and showing me right here, this spot, this is what we're talking about. Wow, yeah. And then they have an old chapel there, an old church from the 1800s, and it looks like it's somewhere out of England from the 1700s, that design. They have a lot of stories attached to that. And so Fort Warden as a whole, for example, they have their share of officer quarters that you could rent out as a cabin. And yes, they talk about phones Mm -hmm. ringing that are not connected at all. Uh They're just there. They talk about the shadow figures, about hearing voices and stuff. And it's never an act of violence. I use the term an attention getter. Things that you can't help but notice and you rule out that it's your buddy playing a prank on you. Right, exactly. They're not trying to get your attention for any sort of reason. It's just something they're Like, by the way, you're in our neighborhood. We live here. Mischievous, right? Yes. Uh, Mischievous, maybe, but just how they would go about drawing attention to we do exist. Maybe a way they say hello, too. Yeah, more, Yeah. more like that. And so there aren't any horror stories of physical harm. Right. But there are scary ones about, we saw this, how can you not notice something yeah, like that? right. Okay. Now, Fort Casey, isn't that on Woodby Island? It is on Woodby Island. Okay. And Fort Casey probably has the most write-ups. I, for some reason, I think Fort Casey is possibly visited the most, but Warden certainly is too. Okay. But Casey has all of these... Um, tunnels that mm-hmm. go underneath the concrete barracks Ooh. and then go down underground. And all sorts of people have stories. Well, when you're half scared and you're looking for something, it doesn't take much to throw you off. Especially if you're walking around in a, in a, 
a down an underground yes. t- tunnel. That would be more frightening than anything else. Yes, but there are stories of people who claim that something was holding their hand, walking them through. Wow. And then when they made it out to the lighted area, their party was down there, nobody's around, and they mm-hmm. shake whatever loose. Okay. Again, lots of stories, but you're kind of half scared when you start. Okay. Now, Fort Casey on the island of Whidbey, isn't that facing Fort Townsend? <clears throat> yes, it is. That's what I thought. Okay, yes. I've seen it then. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. then if you go to south on um, Port Townsend, eventually you get the signs of Fort Flagger. Yeah. Now, I was talking to the Paranormal Society of that area, and they picked mm-hmm. Flagger as the most haunted, and they said the reason why is it seems to be the most desolate, even though, yes, they have their camping there and so forth. Okay. But you cross over, I believe, Indian Island, then you continue on the next island, mm-hmm. which is... Um, Maristone Island, I believe, Marlstone. Okay. And then you have it on the the edge there facing the other two forts. Okay. But one of the members of the society told me that he sees the silhouettes of infantrymen oh. as if they are going through training. See, there were never any battles there, but some of the artillery was taken from other battles, yeah. and many of their cannons were sent overseas for yeah. World War One, World War Two battles. That makes sense. But there was still an awful lot of soldier activity there oh, yeah. through the years. Yeah. I'm wondering, when they made the movie Officer and a Gentleman, did they experience ghosts over there, the, ca- the cast? I don't know. Um, I've uh, heard of movies where they talked about it a lot where such things happened. Mm-hmm. But that particular one, I'm not sure. Okay, it'd be interesting to look into that just for the fun of it because, I mean, all of those particular forts, I mean, Casey and um, Morden and Flagler, uh, I'm trying to remember where that is exactly. I think I may have gone there one time, but I don't remember. They're all well barked off the main roads. The is there a place there. where you can see all of them? Well, you you could see all of them in one day if you get up early oh, okay. enough because all of right. that. All right, okay, all right, that's interesting. Yeah, so um, I was just kind of curious about that because um, it just seems like this state has more haunted places. And I think they're everywhere. And I, I was looking at um, online at places you can go to to visit haunted places. And they're all over the place, but they seem to be really prevalent up here. For yes, s- For clearly. some reason, well, yeah. you know my buddy Pete. He yeah. attends readings after dark. So, and he says hi. He's listening oh, to the show. Yeah. Well, he called me the other night because they were doing a special on haunted roads in Washington. Okay. Well, Port Townsend has got one they're talking about, as does Forks, Washington. Mm-hmm. You go down the trail in the woods, and here come the stories. Well, I live in Marysville, Washington, mm-hmm. and there are three specific roads that I've had too many neighbors talk about mm-hmm. where I would look it up and page after page writing there. Mm. And so something, it stems from some activity that's happened. And the type of guy that I am and going out with friends, without getting too close, I want to look. I want to see the Roman Colosseum I just don't want to see the horrible things that yeah, were known to, to happen there. see what happened there. in there. Yeah. Yes, gotcha. but that it's still there. There's history there. Okay. Something happened. Yeah, that's that's interesting because it's, to me, it's always interesting, you know, to, and I've, I've had my particular contacts with otherworldly people, but um, when you're in a house like, you know, the Cooney Mansion, which is, as I say, is really haunted, 
But um, when they were in there, they were so excited to find all of these psychics that knew, you know, to hear those psychics that could hear what they were saying. We actually took one person and um, who was still on this side and he needed to help be helped cross over. And so a whole room of us closed closed up the door and we all held hands and we told him to go to the white light, and which he did, you know. And um, it's, you know, if you don't normally do this stuff, it's pretty wild, but it seems normal when there's more than one person experiences something, like similar things, you know, then you know there's something going on. You know, I sort of figure like with, with my writing, if I find three sources that agree on one thing, I know you can, it's validated, it's fact. So that's kind of like this situation. If you find one or two or three people who have had the same experience, then it's valid. It's valid. So, yeah, I mean, we really do, there's so many things we don't know about. We really don't. So anyway, uh, we're going to take a break right now here. And so when we get back, I wanted to talk about, what was it you were just talking about a moment ago? Well, we were talking about lighthouses, and I also wanted to talk about where we do the readings after dark, because there's, oh. there's several places we go that all have yes. interesting Yes, okay, yeah, that's it. true. Okay, we'll talk about that when we get back. Okay, this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for the Medicare Exchange with Susan Bergstrom. Susan Bergstrom is a licensed agent in Washington and Oregon, helping people to obtain security in their lives by providing insurance that pays for final expenses and money for transitioning after a loved one dies. Retirement consists of lots of moving parts. She will help you with Medicare plans that best suit your needs. Medicare is not only state-specific, but it is also county-specific. Having a lot of opportunities, she will also help you narrow down your choices to one that is suitable to your health and financial needs. This includes Advantage plans, supplements, and prescription drug plans, which is Part D. Okay, seniors can rely on Susan to help obtain financial security through many programs that protect seniors from market downturns and guarantee a competitive rate of return with no downside risks. Susan will also educate you on long-term care. This is an area many people do not plan for in retirement. Early planning can protect your assets and provide dignity in your later years. Susan enjoys working with people and has partnered with a Medicare exchange located in Tacoma and Linwood, Washington. You can talk freely about your situation and you will know that Susan will work to make you comfortable in all decisions that need to be made. You can contact her at 253 318-9379 or by email at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKW Alternative Something Talk. <laughs> I don't know what they. I just went off into La La Land. This is Alternative Talk Radio, and we have on Mr. Matt Shea, who is talking to us about ghosts of the various places. And uh, right now, we're going to talk about what? Well, our friend Gary and Suzanne. <laughs> yes. Gary Mance and Suzanne. They uh, got me on a show recently called Into the Outer Realm, and they're a fun couple out of Ohio. 
Yeah. And so they do their research, but they're a little skeptical. They mm-hmm. try to see, hey, it was something just normal. And what I enjoy about this show with Tanya and Joey mm-hmm. is Tanya says really kind of everything has these stories. Mm-hmm. Where you go to this place or that hotel, somebody who's worked there for quite a while, they'll have one or two oddities to share with you if you're not too embarrassed to share it. Mm-hmm. up when I'm staying in a hotel... Uh, I'll get up, have tea, I'll enjoy the lobby, walk around, talk to security, and I'll just mention it and go, oh, yeah, and here they go. Here come Mm -hmm. the story. So you're going to get this everywhere, and again, Mm -hmm. you be the judge. Now, where we do the readings after dark, we have a guarantee there. They have sensational pizza. Mm, Yeah. And what I like to do, myself being Matt Shea Books, harmonizing with the Jupiter Rising show, I like to keep the pizza coming. Yeah, well, that's come good to for our table, all of us. introduce yourself, tell Eileen about the show because yeah. we know that's how you learned about it. First two people, I'll give a signed book. You might even want to read it. Who knows? Well, you know, they're great books. They're but very down to I earth. I appreciate that. Yeah, they're but, really great and down to earth. But the pizza, the reading, because yeah. people always come back with their friends, their parents, their brother, mm-hmm. best friend from work, and tell us about yourself that's right. and that. Yeah, and let me just kind of um, just kind of take a side bend here. That uh, after dark readings, I started those at Burr's Restaurant in in Lakewood, and since we're kind of waiting for that place to open up from the um, COVID virus, but Casa Pizza Casa is the other place which we've been doing readings at, and they are now open to have you know dine in people. So and they're uh, they're located on I can't remember it's on uh, Pacific Avenue Southwest or something like that. Well, just driving south on I five yeah. when you pass Fort Lewis, keep looking at the right and you can't help but see it. Yeah, it's <coughs> just, it's just right off the you can see it off the freeway. Yeah. Yes, and on the, on the west side. On the west side, exactly. So, um, yeah, they're just in the kind of the outskirts of Lakewood, and um, they're really cool. And this place has ghosts. Lots and lots of stories. Lots of ones. Each and every server has a handful. Yeah. But regardless of the stories, I like the guarantees. The spaghetti and meatballs, they pipe in the Rat Pack music, Nat mm-hmm. King Cole. You're living in the 1940s, the oh, 1930s yes. here in the classics. Yeah. The pizza, trust me, you're going to have like Lay's potato chips. You're not going to stop at one that's, bite. That's true. It is a fantastic classic Italian restaurant tradition out of the 50s. Just unbelievable. That right there, those are promises. Yes, and of course they have the decor, the white checkered tablecloths, and and, um, the building I think they've been in is like built in the 40s or 30s, something like that, so it's older. And so, um, and Joni is the manager there, and she's fabulous, and she's told us a lot of stories about, you know, ghosts that have come through that place. The entire staff would point at the shelf where the pizza boxes are yeah, and how they will one by one be flicked like a Frisbee <laughs> going different directions. <sighs> and then they show us the washing machine for the dishes. Yeah. It takes three. You have to make three adjustments to it before you could close it and turn it on. Okay. And they've seen it go through that process. So when that line is being crossed, something's going on. But I, I declare it friendly fire. Yeah, right, exactly. So well, we've been there for a while. We haven't been there for the past several months just because of this COVID thing. is just too crazy. 
And uh, so, but their doors are open again and they are expecting in-person dining. So they did that as of the, of the, of the first when uh, phase two opened up in, in Seattle and down in Pierce County. So uh, we've been talking about going there. Actually, I almost called you on February 1st. You want to go down to Pizza Casa? They're yes. open. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't do it. I'm so bad, but I didn't do it. But I wanted to do that because I thought it would be so much fun to see Joni. So, yeah. I have a group of friends who listen to your show. You've met some, but they're going to come, which means now you got to wait in line to get a reading. But Uh-oh. the pizza's great, the music, and friends for life. Oh, that's great. I, I, write, I like hearing that because we have fun down there. And uh, we've done a couple of readings for people, and they, they were pretty profound. You know, and that's well, that's well, the readings I like to do. The owner, he sat down with me a few times, and oh, he let yeah. me know that he learned the hard way that he doesn't advertise because he doesn't have to. You're talking about 50-some-odd years of success. He oh, would yeah. know what he's talking yeah. about. They have a good track record, you know, and good reviews. So it really is an amazing place, and, you know, I miss it. I really do, and the food I miss, too, especially those rolls. <laughs> yeah, well, just get the word out when we're going to be there. And this includes those who are out there who are getting ready to call that want a reading. Yeah. Uh, that by itself could constitute, well, let's pinpoint a time and we'll yeah. meet there. Yeah, exactly. It is a bit of a journey down there because you have to go down a little south of Tacoma on, on the west side of the street. When you see Lakewood, there's six, uh, six areas for our six exits. And I think you take the Bridgeport exit, I think, to get off there. Yes, you can do that, but it's yeah. a day and age of the uh, Google thing. Yeah. Just, <laughs> let, yeah, just, let, just do your map. Yeah, let, map. Let, let the cell phone guide you there. Right. It's called Pizza Casa, and um, it, it's an independent place, and it's just, just really wonderful. And I, I love going there. I feel like I'm at home when I'm there. And that's the main thing. When you go to a restaurant, it feels like home. So, yeah, absolutely. So, Anyway, so what's up for you this week and next week? What are you doing? Well, we know Kevin McDonald from my Independence Report. Yeah. He is certainly a cornerstone on these audiobook projects that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so he has done some of my novels already, and we're getting close to getting them packaged and out there on the website, which is also going to be carrying the Jupiter Rising show yeah. and how to get in touch with you. And you've already done two of them. You've done spectacular. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, those are, uh, it's such an interesting uh, way to, I mean, I never thought I'd ever want to do a voiceover for anything, but, um, but when somebody asked me to do it, I go, well, okay, why not, you know, see how that works, and I found the experience, I mean, it's like looking at a, a, looking at an acting, you know, look at a play or something that you're actually reading about, and you're actually putting yourself as a character into one of the books, or many characters in some cases. So uh, it, it's a real learning lesson, you know, because um, I used to act in high school and then in college, that kind of thing. But it's been a long time since I've done anything like that. So it's awesome. Well, Thanks. these are family-friendly. We don't get into the realm of theories about ghosts and supernatural. No. These uh-uh. are... Hallmark, small town USA. This is something grandfather could read to the grandkids. Exactly. That kind of story. So going down the road, you could play it with the kids in the car. And trust me, it's warm. It's not offensive. Right. Exactly. So, you know, 
Um, I'm looking forward to us going back to the Pizza Casa. It's been a long time. I think the last time we were there was in March last year, something like that. It was just, that's a long time. It has really affected me yeah. being contained yeah. because there are places that I like to go, and that server, that owner, they're family. We're having an evening yeah. with them. This is not business. This is family. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I felt I'm so overdue to see them just to swing by. Oh, I know. We. I mean, I feel the same way about, about, about uh, what's her name? Joni. Joni, thank you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel, and the same place, same for the place there, too. I really feel that. I miss that. You know, I think a lot of us are feeling extremely, like if we're even any close to a social butterfly where we have a lot of people in our lives physically, and now that we're kind of contained and we're not doing that, it, it means that we have to really, um, we got to look at ourselves inside and see what's going on. You know, you can't run away from yourself when you're by yourself all the time. So, it's it's been an interesting time. So how much time we got there, uh, Nathan? Three minutes. Okay. So anyway, we gotta we gotta discontinue this right now for the moment. And uh, Nathan, I'll forget. Matt. It's okay. I get called Matt sometimes. <laughs> That's when they're mad at you. God. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, thank you for so much for being on the show today. You were Six awesome. years. 31 years plus in the business. I love it. And People so, from all over the world write you. Well, yeah, sometimes they do, and it's nice. I, I appreciate that. And um, and also, this is your 17th appearance, isn't it? This is actually number 18 for oh, the Jupiter Rising show. Oh, excuse me. I yes. forgot. Yeah. Okay, 18th appearance. So as I told you, we're going to have a real celebration when it's your 20th. So that'll be a, probably a three months or so. So anyway, so thank you, Matt, for being here. And how do we get a hold of you again? Well, again, it is mattsheabooks.net. A lot of free stuff. And I emphasize a free audio book for you and the family. I hired a Shakespearean actor. This guy's terrific. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we've got Eileen. So if you ever want to have extortion on you, here's your chance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) When oh. you're really old, they're going to bring it out and, hey, remember Yeah, yeah I remember when you did this. Aha, yeah. uh-huh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Anyway, so uh, we will be seeing you. I'm going to see you at lunch. We're going to go to lunch afterwards, so it'll be kind of fun. So anyway, thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so we have some updated things to talk about. The call, horoscope column on KKNW's website. The whole website has changed. And um, basically, I'm still in the same place on the front page. But if you look down the page a little bit, a little bit on the left, you'll see the horoscopes for this week. So I do weekly horoscope for uh, KKNW's website. It's lots of fun to do. been doing it for about three years now. Can't believe it. It's flown by. So anyway, we're going to be doing that. And so um, my contact information, oh, also about um, After Dark readings at Pizza Casa. I'll just mention that now, and hopefully, maybe by next week or the week after, I'll have an idea for the start date when I'm starting to do those again. Okay, and Matt will be there too. So we're gonna and have, pizza. It'll keep coming. Yeah, <laughs> never ending pizza. That's yes, right. Yes, <laughs> never ending. <laughs> so anyway, um, you can get a hold of me at EileenGrimes.com or JupiterRisingShow.com, and just as I said, MattSheaBooks.net is where you can get a hold of him. 
Okay, next week we have on Mr. Tony White. He is an animator, and he used to do animation on books about astrology and did a tarot deck. And he's kind of not doing that anymore because he's moved on to animation. He's doing a specific type of animation, which he's going to talk about next week, which is kind of unusual. So anyway, we're going to have him. And then on February 20th, we're going to have on Mr. Ray Grassy, who is the best astrologer in the world. So we're looking forward to him. So that's it for us today. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you keep listening, people. Anyway, this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW, Alternative Talk Radio.